The following podcast may contain language and subject matter not suitable for all ages or everyone. If you don't like what you're listening to, please press stop. In this episode of the Changwana Podcast. Um, which is the great thing about teaching in Korea. Like you, you, you've got a very kind of, you've got a lot of free time, a lot of disposable time if, if you choose to have. So what were some of the uh, dangers involved of, did it, like, digging for gold? Like, obviously uh, you're on site, right? It was quite a long process, and uh, but finally, uh, about two or three days ago, I got the medical results and that's all good, so I got the offer the job, signed the contract. You're, 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 you're tuned in to the Chang Wanner, the social media podcast for Chang Wan City, South Korea, with your hosts, Scott, D, and Paul. Welcome to another episode of the Chang Wanner podcast. Once again, I'm Scott, one of your hosts, and this week we've got, as always, D. D, how's it going? Not bad, man. Pretty good. And Paul is back this week. Paul, how are you? Pretty good, dude. Thank you. Good to be back. And this week we got a special guest, a former Changwaner who's living down under now, Mr. Christopher Shanley. Chris, how's it going? All good, Scott. How are you, brother? Not too bad. So uh, we're we're doing things a little different this week, obviously, because we're all in different places today. And it's too fucking cold to go outside. Yeah, right. Screw that. It's bloody freezing, man. Maybe not for Chris, though, right? Um, I'm sitting here sweating, but I'm just going to keep my mouth shut about that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's start with uh, Chris. Where Where are you from? Where's your uh, hometown? Uh, so I was born and raised in Birmingham in the UK and uh, moved to Korea in 2002, uh, teaching English in, uh, where was it now, Shimboldong, Shimboldong area. That's where I'm right now. I'm right there, yeah, Shimoldong. Yeah. yeah. Jugong Apartments, man, represent. Representing <laughs> <laughs> Birmingham. Birmingham. Tell me fucking Birmingham. Tell me about that. Uh it's well, you know, like the industrial city in the middle. I would not recommend well, not to on not to disrespect the city too much, but it's hardly on the tourist trail of England. Uh, it's most people wouldn't know where it was if you showed them a map of it. Like it's halfway between London and Manchester, effectively right in the center. Yeah. So, uh, you used to live in Korea, obviously. So, yep. uh, what was the first year you came to Korea again? I got there September, 2002, just after a massive, uh, typhoon had come and swept all the place out. And then, uh, yeah, so I landed, I landed at uh, Gimei Airport, but was picked up by Mr. Kim from uh, from Jongchol School. Not, to, not that I'm trying to represent them at all or anything, or, uh, <laughs> giving, giving them a shout-out. But he picked me up from the airport, and I, I was just a young Birmingham boy with my, my thick Birmingham accent. And that, at that time in Korea, they didn't want Birmingham accents. They wanted full-on American or Canadian accents. That was it. That was the deal. So he's like, oh, uh, Chris, uh, Chris, uh, you English teacher, Chris. Uh, and I was like, oh, right, Mr. Kim, yeah, I'm Chris, I'm your new teacher. I'm from Birmingham. And he looked at me <laughs> right in the eye, and he was like, oh, your accent, very bad. You... <laughs> You need to speak American accent. American accent, good, very good. And I'm like, can you? Like, he, he, he was so upset with me with this horrible accent that I had that he made me talk with an American accent for literally the first three or four months I was in Korea. 
And I'm not kidding you, man. I've got the worst American accent you've ever heard, man. I sound, I sound like I'm Big Gay Al from South Park. Or something. <laughs> say, say, D, 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 give him a line. Give him a line. Say something. Go on. What is it? <clears throat> how about, uh, how about, uh, it's frost, it's a little frosty today. Hey, man, it's a little frosty today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's American. Yeah. That was my American accent for the first six months I was in Korea. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing about that people... is, like, yeah. Go on, go on, go on, man. Uh, no, the thing about that is, after two years of living in Korea, where pretty much the only other foreigners there were were Americans or Canadians, there was very few Australians or English or Irish there, you know. And so when I went back to Birmingham after two years living in Korea, like I get off the plane back in Birmingham, oh, right, Chris, how was your time in Korea? And I'm like, to my mind, I'm like, yeah, it was great. And they're like, oh, look at you with your American accent, eh? Thinking you're American, eh? I think you're something special, eh? You live, live overseas. So, yeah. And just be Yeah, well, pretty much. Yeah. you from Newcastle, you know exactly what I say. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same, though. Like, every time I go home... I realize it, and you know, you sort of like man, or like hey, and, and there's just certain little things that come out. You try to dumb it down, but you never can, you know. It's things yeah, just, one of the you know obviously, I mean? Dave came back to here, back to Australia. Uh, Dave McGuinness, he used to live there, and he, he came back here and he calls everyone douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a word you use in Australia or a phrase at all that you use in Australia, douchebags. Yeah, right. yeah, that. Yeah. that that really pretty much shows your American side if you yeah. say that word. <laughs> Big time. Like, what would you, so if, did you go on to? Uh, I was I was just gonna say. Uh, so, if you're you're from England, uh, what are you doing down in in Perth now? Uh, so I um I changed careers kind of kind of mid track. I originally I studied English in um in uh, in England in Birmingham and moved to be an English teacher overseas. So moved to Korea first and foremost. Then I did teaching in Peru and then went to, back to Korea. Then I went to Spain and I came back to Korea. So it was a bit of a boomerang thing. So maybe that's, yeah. Yeah, that's about it. And then uh, I decided to become a geologist. So while I was in Korea, I started re-studying and retraining, um, which is the great thing about teaching English in Korea. Like you, you've got a very kind of, you've got a lot of free time, a lot of disposable time if, if you choose to have, in like a lot of people do use that time to travel, some people use it to you know, learn Korean or what have you, and I decided to do a second degree in geology and, and move to Perth to be a geologist. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, but what was the first degree that you had? Uh, English, linguistics and literature. Okay. So, so befo mm. before you came to Korea, what did you do back in England? Uh, well, with a degree in English, you can do nothing except be an English teacher in England or be a teacher, you know, and I didn't want to do that. I kind of fell onto the English degree. Like it was either English or science. And pretty early on, I, I figured out that science, you actually have to know shit. <laughs> like you have to actually study, whereas English, especially literature, you can just rock up and argue a point the day of the exam hung over like a proper student and, and pretty much yeah. get a B or a C. And like C's get degrees, man. <laughs> so I managed to blag my way through <laughs> that degree with a, with a B plus, I think, or whatever I came out with. I mean, it was, it was scraped you know, through and, and, and got, got a half decent grade, I guess, and uh, then I was a recruitment agent, which is, I don't know, I don't want to insult anyone who has been or wants to be a recruitment agent, but they're pretty much the bottom feeders of the sales world. <laughs> you definitely <laughs> just insulted all of those people. 
<laughs> I said that on a date. I was on a date here about three years ago with this girl. And I was telling her the same story, and we were in a bar, and she's like, "I said, oh, I was used to be a recruitment agent, and they're like the bottom feeders of the sales world." And she's like, "I just want to stop you there, mate." I'm actually a recruitment agent right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just plowed through. I just plowed through. I was like, oh, yeah, right. I just kept changing the subject. In my head, I was like, oh, my God. Jeez, how do I get my head? How do I get my foot out of my mouth on this one? That was probably the last date you were on, too, right? It actually worked out pretty well. <laughs> I did. She forgave me for that. I, uh, we broke up in the end, but um, she, it was something completely different, so it was all good. Uh, Scotty, yeah. Scotty, Chris has since read the game, I believe, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's read it. He's reread it. That was probably like chapter one, like page. You know one. who put me onto that shit? <laughs> Matthew Barber. Matt Barber put me onto that shit. Like he gave me gigabytes. We were in Thailand, and he gave me a, like half his hard drive is just dedicated to this, like the mystery method and the game and shit. And yeah, so, I did. I, I did embrace it. Like, I was watching Chris doing all this stuff, and actually a lot of this stuff works. Like, we've, we've been in certain situations where Chris has ran that game back in the day. And uh, I have to say as well, like, uh, when I was a single man, I, I tried to run the game as well. Like, and, and Chris taught me one thing. It was that whole, it was the pen thing, you know, with the blind mouse. I can't remember exactly what it was. But uh, there was a biro involved, and you had to draw a line on a girl's arm. And... Uh, Everything was going great. Like, I ran that and I drew the line and she was, like, loving it and laughing. And then it turns out she had an allergic reaction to the ink that I'd thrown on the <laughs> So her arm started swelling up and she was just like, oh, my gosh, oh, my God. And that was the end of that. <laughs> Didn't work, mate. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Mate, you got to pick your, pick your moments, I guess, and pick your routines, I suppose. Yeah. I remember uh, watching you both play the game in Japan once. <laughs> Are we going to go there? We're not, go going there. There. We're not going there. <laughs> that, that was a Jack Daniel. That was my last time on Jack Daniels. I'm a, a lifetime self-imposed ban from that stuff. But Jack was Roberts made a showing that night. Oh, it was, it was, it was UFC times. weekend. It was UFC. Yeah, it was a, yeah, it was it was a fun week. Yeah, yep. fun week. Uh, they've got Gentleman Jack for that now, though. Gentleman Jack. It's okay. There's a reason for that. Do <laughs> they? <laughs> That so was there's actually dark, a right? book. There's actually a book called The Game, or is is it what what's what's this this thing? Uh, in about 2005, 2006, a guy called Neil Strauss wrote a book. He was like some kind of um, journalist, or pickup something. artist, or something. In, infiltrated this group of people back in the early days, I guess. And he wrote a book about it. And Bruce Barber fucking printed the whole thing off. <laughs> Got it on <laughs> some kind of torrent or something. He, he printed the whole thing off, and we were. I was reading. I was like, ah, oh, whatever. And then about a year later, I bumped into Matty Barber in Thailand, and he's just like embraced this whole thing and was telling me all his lines and giving me all this stuff. So I brought that back to to Australia. And unfortunately, unbeknownst to me, that whole wave had long passed in Australia, and all the girls were completely wise to all the lines in the book. So I just made an idiot of myself more than a few times. Just. I'm trying to run stuff out of the book directly in, in Australia it doesn't work. The, the Perth girls have a very, very high bar because pretty much there's no other big city for a, a thousand kilometres in any direction, really. So it's pretty isolated, and the girls here are really hard work, I think. So, so I guess... And back back I, in my old dating days. I guess you've been pretty lonely over there, then. Oh, well... No, no, I have to say, I didn't... <laughs> I embrace technology, mate. You know, I, you know, I, I'm not quite in the Gen Y generation, but I, I got onto all the, onto all the Tinder. dating apps, 
websites. Yeah, Tinder. Actually, I missed Tinder. Like, t- I I started dating the girl I'm with now. Like, in a long term relationship now. Like, and uh, Tinder had just started to get big about a year and a half ago when we when we started yeah. dating. So, I, I heard about Tinder, that. but I've never uh, checked into it. Well, Matty, not Matty Barber, Bruce Barber, um, he almost got me to download Grindr. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, he's like, you got to check it out, man. It's this awesome app and everyone's hooking up and shit. And I was just about to download it. And I was like, hang on a bit. This is the guy that sent me a link to Two Girls One Cup. I'm going to leave this one. I, think. I, I just Googled it quickly just to see what it was. And uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't believe anything that comes out of Barber's mouth anymore. Yeah, Any Barber's right. uh, uh, you cannot be trusted, right? Yeah. These are the same guys that went on to Facebook, unlocked my Facebook, and then decided to plan a coming out party for me, which I'm obviously not yeah. getting straight as a die. And they, 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 they literally planned this. And actually, Shanley, Shanley was the man because he was living at uh, Ganari with me at the time. And he knew all about this and he just, he just couldn't help himself. He, he ended up saying to me, Paul, there's something I've got to tell you. But in a couple of weeks, you're going to go to a place that's going to be a coming out party, and I can't let this happen. <laughs> what are you talking about? And then I checked the Facebook and everything, and I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> happened this huge scary. Good, on you, good on you, Chris, because that would have been a horrible day. <laughs> people, people, can, people from back home were congratulating him on coming out on Facebook. So thankfully, uh, he got in front of that one, and uh, I, I, as punishment for that, Bruce defriended me on Facebook for about a year. Befriend, defriended you? Defriended you? He defriended me on Facebook. I couldn't find him for a year. Like, and Bruce, like, what's going on? He goes, "Oh yeah, man, it was that. It was that gay coming out thing for Paul. I, I, I blocked you, <laughs> so he unblocked me." <laughs> Too funny. The same Jeez. guy. Same guy that gave you the game. Uh, well, Matt gave me the game, but yeah, the barbers are a little package, aren't they? In uh, Thailand. Yeah. Why would you need yeah. the game in Thailand? Well, that's the thing, you don't, but when I went back to Australia... Yeah, Matt uh, does, though. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, about the game, I'm like, what is the best... What, 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 what was the best one? Go on. What you got? Oh, shit. Uh, that would, um, it's all, you can find it all on YouTube, man. It was the Cube. But it's so it was. It, it, girls just love it. It was like chick crack, man. But you just go on YouTube and then it's on there. And um, but it's so <laughs> well done now that like people will call you out on it completely. So it's uh, that that time has passed. I'm I'm past all that stuff now. The cube. Yeah. I'm gonna write yeah. that down. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I love the glance over the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> can't hear. Can't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Okay, now. So, uh, Shanley, how many years in total did you spend in Korea? Uh, now you're asking. I'd say I did two years the first time around from 2002 to 2004. Uh, went away for a year. Then I was 2006 to 2000, late 2008. So it was about two and a half years that time, nearly three. And I came back. Just I meant to just come back to Korea, pick up some stuff. And I head to Australia, and it, but it was around New Year's Eve, 2009, going into yeah, going into 2009, and um, the global financial crisis had just wiped out Australia completely. There was no jobs at all, so I ended up staying. And like I said, uh, Paul and Bruce and put and yourself put me up there in uh, in Gainari Apartments, and I ended up staying there for like six months. So <laughs> almost about five years then, right? Yeah, five years all up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, lucky I, was, I had to find a job, you know, get a new visa sorted and all that. So I just did the old dart over to Fukuoka, got the visa, came back, and um, 
work for about six months then, you know, just uh, in, on a short-term contract. Cool. Who, were you working, who were you working for then, Chris, at that time? I can't remember now. It was... Uh, yeah, you're asking because it was one of those one, one of those schools where you they sent you to. All these different, they had contracts with all these different schools, so you you she sorted your visa out, and then she kind of subcontracted you out. This this lady, okay. so there's a load of names of schools, but I can't remember. Uh huh. You worked with me for? Did you do a whole year in kids? That, that was it. I did ten months, didn't I? I did the, and they weren't going to let me go. Because I got I got ten months into a twelve month contract with Kids Club, and I got the job at Changwon University, and they said well, you've got to start now if you want the job. And Kids Club, I guess they just they felt like I was insulting them or something. They didn't want to let me go. And then I said, look, I'm I'm ten months into a twelve month contract. If you let me go now, you don't have to pay my airfare, you don't have to pay my bonus, you don't have to pay anything. They're like, oh, oh, we didn't think about that. Next day, I had the release form, and then they brought Roberts over and they gave him a signing on bonus. <laughs> Hang on a sec here now. I'd worked there previous to you, right? And then yeah. I'd gone home for a while. Oh, that's right. You were working there when I wasn't there. That's right. Yeah. And then they, so basically they gave you my 12-month bonus. Yes. And you, and you just rocked it. <laughs> they, couldn't get, they wanted you back and they, they were willing. They're like, you know what? We've got this spare money. How about we just give you 1700 bucks or whatever it was? I was like, that's my bonus. That's what they did. I remember that now. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Paid, yes, paid your Jack Daniels for about a few months, probably, or a month, probably, nine years. A week. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, Shanley walking around with kindergartens and bringing them up to teachers and saying, Dung to me. Oh, that's oh, yeah. little, little, you used to go nuts when kids gave you a drunk dungeon. Oh, dude, like, yeah, like, I bought the one kid out, like, the kid, I said, that's it, I've had it, and I bought the kid out to Maria, remember Maria? She couldn't speak a word of English, and I was like, I am sick of kids sticking their fingers up my ass. <laughs> She's I mean, like, finger? Yeah. Just for the just just for the people that that are listening that don't understand what this is, let's break it down. Go on, Shanley, yeah. take it away. <laughs> so the, back in my day, I don't know if it's the same now, but the Koreans had this it's obsession the, with what's called Dong uh, Shim, the shit needle. And they, if you left your ass exposed, and it was totally your own fault if you did, they would come <laughs> up and just just jam their fingers at your backside. Now I'm not being funny. Like I'm, if I, I wouldn't do this not naturally, but if I had to, I would do. It. I would have to take a few practice shots, like darts, you know, to get bullseye. But these kids just seem to have a second, second they have a, like a, a, a sixth sense for where the where it is, and they just bang, they're straight up there. And yeah, there's uh, only a few countries about, in the was, world that does that. There's only a few countries yeah. in the world, like uh, Japan does that, and Korea and Philippines do that as well. I think, yeah. but I think it's yeah. all comes from Japan. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Kancho, so, yeah. yeah. they call it there, but it's the same thing. Kancho, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. an international epidemic. In the <laughs> in, 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 uh, Philippines, it's called Katsibong. Hmm. <laughs> Katsibong. Okay, yeah. sounds nice. Uh, I like that. <laughs> so, yeah, I got, I got, the first time it happened, I was uh, quite, you know, like, confused, because I, I didn't, <laughs> I thought the kid had tripped over and accidentally stuck his finger at my ass, like, just reaching forward. <laughs> I was like, how? In my mind, I was trying to work it out. Like, how did that kid accidentally trip over and then jam his finger right at my butthole? But it was... <laughs> it only took two or three more times of it happening before I realized something's going on here. It might have been a little better if you were wearing pants when you taught, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. 
Well, the day, that day, I remember that day at Kids Club when I, I had it. Like, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. I think it was little Tony. If you remember little psycho Tony, he, he would, would bipolar. He, <laughs> I don't remember any of the kids there. He, he, just, he just went for it. But I'm saying this, I'd left my ass exposed. I was trying to help up another kid who tripped over. And little Tony had saw my ass exposed from the other side of the room. And he just went for it like a red rag for a bull. And, like, it was kind of like, I, I, it was like a reaction. I didn't mean to do it, but I kind of turned and I was like, ah! bang and hit him and he went flying across the class unfortunately and he was like <laughs> like a fraggle from fraggle rock hits the wall and slides down the wall and now he's crying and the other kid that fell over crying i'm like I got... so i brought all the kids out to maria and i was like this one fell over but this one stuck his fingers up my ass and she's trying to get she doesn't speak english so i just say dong chim and she just bursts out laughing because it's hilarious to me what, you just straight up backhanded a kid against the wall, and he pretty much accidentally yeah. hit this kid. <laughs> okay, <Totally hit. laughs> like in, in England, like that would be the end of your teaching career. You'd be going to yeah. court, you know, that'd be it. Like, but yeah. here in Korea, or well, there in Korea, it was uh, it was a bit different. But I was I was, I was generally upset that oh. I, I damaged this child. I've got him in my arms, and the other kids in my arms, and. Trying to explain to Maria what Dong Chim was in English, what English was, and she, all she can hear is Dong Chim, so she starts laughing. And I'm like, this isn't funny. Bring their Raymond teacher, who was the guy that could speak English. And I'm explaining to Raymond about Dong Chim, and then he just he starts laughing, and then the kids start laughing. And I'm like, I'm like get the parents in. The parents are picking the kids up. They can't speak English. They hear the word Dong Chim. They start laughing. It turns out the only person who's got a problem with the whole thing is me. Yeah, I just I, I remember just sitting in the teacher's room and watching the whole thing and <laughs> enjoying it. And I can't I couldn't speak Korean that well, but I could understand a little bit what was going on. I was like, Where your uh Yongo Sung Sang Nim Like why is the Korean English teacher angry? Dong Chim Jemisayo. Like a finger in the ass is fun. And I'm like, It's not funny. Bright red face. <laughs> yeah, anyway. it, we would get uh, pr- pretty much thrown in jail for some of the shit that goes on here, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird, weird, right? Yeah. One of the girls I, I mean, know from Australia married a Korean guy, and um, she says he, she they walk upstairs and he still does it to her. <laughs> <laughs> Here in Australia, years later, married to a Korean, and then he still, she's still on the receiving end of Dong Chim when she walks up the stairs and leaving her ass exposed, I guess. So. Mm-hmm. Well, Bruce Barber yeah, used to do that to me as well. Keeps that's called Gong Jim Lee, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, we're going to get into what you're doing now in Australia, but before that, we're going to do some birthdays and shout-outs. It's time for your birthday wishes, shout-outs, and announcements on the Chang Warner Podcast. Uh, this week, we have a really special birthday to say. Uh, Luke Mason, who just went back to Canada, actually went back pretty early, one of the Star Wars fans that had uh, spread a lot of good cheer when he was here. We'd like to say happy birthday from you to you, Luke, from the Chang Warner. May the force be with you, Luke. <laughs> yeah, man, he loved Star Wars, eh? Like he was the yeah. he just loves that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was a he was the absolute biggest uh, biggest fan of our party. I think. Yeah. And I'll give a shout-out to a couple ex-Changwaners that are a couple actually married now. I believe they just had their first baby yesterday, Jen Sosa and Andy McDonald. So, oh, wow. Uh, they had a first baby. Yeah. Uh, whoa, 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 Scotty, wind it back there, because they got married, because yeah. we were there. So it's Jen, Jen McDonald, isn't it? Yeah, Jen, 
Jen Mack and Andy Mack had a, a little baby boy, I believe, yesterday around 4 p.m. here. I think his name's Oliver, so Oliver Mack. So a shout yeah. out to Oliver. Nice one, dude. Nice one. Congratulations. Shanley, do you got anybody you want to shout out to? Say hi to anybody here? Oh, uh, yes, say hello to the old, the old boys, the old the old crew. So old, uh, well, I guess days have gone by now, but I guess Austin's still there and Craig's gone, hasn't he? And Pete Strobosh has, has shot through. I think he went home for a bit. So I say, say hello to him if he's listening. And um, uh, Mike Valley, of course. He's still uh, he's still kicking around, I hear. Duffy, Duffy's uh, still it, here. Oh, yeah, the Duffster. How's he getting on? <laughs> Gold dust, man. He's doing good. Gold dust, yeah. Gold dust. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was actually on, he was on my Facebook talking to John Quirk. Remember old Dirty John? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually yeah, replaced yeah. him at a school once. Dirty yeah, John. Mike, Mike said he's doing pretty well. Mike said he's got the biggest, something like the big, one of the biggest hug ones or something in Chang One. Is what he was saying, I think. So I don't know Duffy. if that's true or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing good. He, he bought the doing place good. up, uh, Osong Shik, which was opposite Haha in Lamsus Building in Namyangdong, and the boys. They're doing good. It's a big place. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all. Is Maddie Hanna? Yeah, Maddie Hanna, Hanna just back. got back. Yeah. Yeah, I caught up with him in New Zealand last year. It's good. Yeah. He hasn't started dancing around his still yet but we're, we're hoping for that in the future all right what's, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's stuffy school called gold english? Uh, no <laughs> it's called maple english maple times maple uh, times yeah okay. I, it might have changed actually i think he well whatever so uh shanley you're uh in australia now so how long have you been yep. i left been uh, two I left years? Uh, close six and a half now, mate. I left Changwon in two thousand and nine, around June, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah. what is it exactly that you're doing over there? Besides, uh, besides playing the game. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, I hung up those game shoes a long time ago, mate. A long time ago, uh, and I was never that good at it anyway. Um, what you call it? Uh, yeah, a, a project exploration geologist is the official title. So we look for gold. I'm a gold digger. Sweet. So, yeah, yeah. So Have you found uh, any? We do, yeah. We find uh, deposits here and there, but it's kind of like, it's not the kind of gold you'll, like a reef just sticking out of the ground. That's all gone a long time ago. Um, yeah, or, or unless it's it's really deep in the desert and very hard to find. What we tend to find are like low-grade but high-tonnage uh, deposits, which with the economies of scale, they can dig out of the ground at a profit. So a gold digger, so you're... Chasing after really old, rich women. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. I knew yeah, that, that was coming. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they call it, uh, they, they, they've embraced the whole cougar term here. I'd never heard cougar until I got to Korea and talked to Americans, but yeah, they, the Australians really use, they dig that word, yeah. It's kind of like that, what was that movie with uh, the guy, you know the guy that used to be on Punked or whatever that show was? Ashley. Austin Kosher. He did, he did mm. a movie where he was like a... Uh, rich, uh, rich woman, yeah, yeah, toy yeah, yeah. boy, he was, he was just hanging out, living in the house and stuff. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, so, so is that what, the one where he nailed Michelle Pfeiffer? Uh, I don't think she was in it, but I don't remember who the older lady was. Uh, uh, he's was got another El- movie Ellen, where he Ellen DeGeneres' uh, old uh, squeeze. Was it her? Yeah, and Hesh or something like that. Yeah, and Hesh. She was yeah. So anyway, that's what you're doing in Australia. For six yep. years. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much since I got here. Like, I got here um, to the tail end of the, what they call the global financial crisis here. So, basically, the 2008 meltdown, and there were no jobs. And I rocked up off the off the plane, six or seven years English teaching experience, no mining experience at all, and I couldn't find a job for love of money. So, it was pretty touch and go in the beginning. But I had a friend that had emigrated out here, so I stayed with him and pretty much bludged off him for three three months rent free. Was that thankfully Luke? and. Uh, no, there's a friend called Carl McKeon. Um, that's the guy I'm going to go and meet after this podcast, actually. Uh, but Luke Hillier, he came out about a year after I got here. And he and I worked for the same company, essentially, as, a field, as field assistants. And that's kind of like a backdoor into, into the mining industry, if anyone ever wants to do it or on, any of your listeners are looking. The, the best way to do it is um, you, you head over to... It's kind of like a... How can I describe it? It's like all the heavy lifting, all the heavy lifting that the geologists don't want to do. So it's not a qualified role, but it's still, you know, you've got you to gotta do a bit of training for it. But it's like a backdoor then into geology then. So what were some of the uh, dangers involved of, did it, like, digging for gold? Like, obviously uh, you're on site, right? Yeah, so you're on an active mine site. So there are what they call 777 hall packs driving around. And you you'll, you can just Google that. It's uh, mat, the, the trucks are the size of a a house basically the and the, the tires would crush you if you were uh, the drivers can't actually see for about 50 meters around so if you pull out in front of one they'll just go straight over you and that happens from time to time out here um it's an active mine site again so you have a lot of uh, explosives on site that you're blasting at the open pit yeah um, but for me, I'm exploration. So the biggest, the biggest problems are snake bites, snake bites, fire bites, uh, dehydration out in the desert, um, getting lost, dehi- you know, uh, heat stroke, things like that. Okay. Just horrible stuff. Now, I have horrible a really, uh, my, 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 my question might be really, really ignorant, but do you ever run across any Aborigines out in the desert? Uh, not really, uh, not, 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 not as much as you would think, because um, we're not as far into the outback or the bush, as they call it, as, as uh, some places are. Um, the Aboriginal communities usually keep to themselves, or in the bigger, smaller communities out of Perth, there'll be more of an Aboriginal contingent out there, but yeah. Uh, but with they are, it is native title held, all the ground... Um, has like uh, the ancient kind of tribes, I guess, that are in that area. So we have to bring them out as part of a contract for doing business, and then they check our drill lines to make sure we're not disturbing any Aboriginal heritage sites. And then they'll sign off on that, and that's just one of the kind of the layers of bureaucracy that we we deal with. But it's important too because you don't want to be disturbing things that are, could be fifty, sixty thousand years old, sort of thing. So, How about, yeah, especially yeah. something that be like sacred to them as well, right? How about uh, yeah. Wild animals? Do you ever encounter any? All the time, snakes? yeah, yeah. It, snakes, not so much. They tend to get out of your way. They they're not that aggressive unless it's breeding season. So where I am, the deadliest snake is a king brown, uh, or called the the guardia snake or the western brown. It's one of those, and it's pretty much the seventh deadliest snake in the whole world. Yeah. Um, the tiger snakes, which are pretty aggressive in in the breeding season, so you got to watch out for them. But where I am, it's not too bad. I have I've the only snakes I've seen pretty much are dead ones. Uh, they get clipped by the vehicles or something like that. Uh, you got to watch out for roos, kangaroos, or jump out on you. And when you're doing 80, 80 to a eighty to ninety down a, an unsealed road, you'll know about it. They'll wipe your your car out, so you got to watch it. 
Really? Uh, emus. Emus, they're the dumbest creatures in the world. They'll just they'll just jump right out in front of the car and you can't brake. or You can brake, but you can't swerve. If you swerve, that's the big thing. They teach you you don't swerve because driving on an unsealed road, it's like driving on ice. And if you swerve, you'll roll the vehicle and you'll kill yourself sort of thing. So it's, it's, yeah. it's a, tre- a choice between an emu or a kangaroo and me. Then you've got to choose yourself, obviously. Yeah. I don't know about, I don't know about that can- choice. Do kangaroos get a, a kind of aggressive if you get around them? You don't want to get too close to them. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you, you, yeah, you don't catch them and put boxing gloves on them like the Aussies have been known to do. They're really yeah, they're skittish. They're, they stay well away from you. But if you knock, if basically, if you hit one, the rule is that, you know, you put it out of its misery. But then you've got to weigh the kind of consequences of, like, getting too close to a, a dazed and wounded animal. They, they could one kick and they could disembowel you, essentially. Fuck it. It's, it's, yeah, they kick, kick yeah. for the stomach, don't they? Yeah, 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 and they're, they're, they're aggressive as they want to be. You know, we, we caught one by accident in a goat. We have a big problem with wild goats, so we, we put a goat, a goat pen in. And the only thing we caught, the, the goats are too clever to, to get caught up in that. Uh, we, we put a little, a little water source in there to try and trap them in and, and designed it like to, because it's a massive goat trapping problem. Then they, they take the goats and either they'll, uh, they get rid of them humanely or they just move them on. Because they're a big problem. Anyway, the water had started to overflow the trough and was just outside the fence, and that's where the goats were drinking the water because they're too smart. The kangaroo had got in there, and he was he was just jumping around, and he couldn't get out, and he was trying to jump over the fence but couldn't quite make it. it was knocking itself out on the fence and it was injuring itself. So, and when it saw us walking towards it, it, it was like it was like it was it was ready to fight. Basically, it was fight or flight. And uh, in the end, we. One of us pulled the, the gate open for it, and it bounced around a few more times, went out the gate, and then just disappeared into the bush. Jeez. Wow. So what's with the goats? What's this goat problem? I don't get that. Uh, I guess the European settlers brought goats over um, for one reason yeah. or another, for farming purposes, and they just got loose and wild, and they thrive in the Aussie outback because it's hard land, it's hard ground, but they're hardy creatures. And um, they just they move around in packs, and if it's been a good year for rain, a bumpy year for rain, they'll um, they'll breed like anything. Yeah. What? Mm. So when you guys are out there, you guys camp when you're there. You can do. If it depends how remote you are. Like we're not remote. We we're based out of a, a mine site which has like air conditioned private rooms and stuff. They call them dongas of all word here. So it's, uh-huh. I don't know if it's little. And uh, but when you are remote exploration, yeah, you'll drive out. You'll set up tents. Um, you'll have generator. You'll have um, a bush shower, which basically is just a piece of two pieces of netting kind of put together over a or. or um, or sheets over uh, over some wood, and you leave the water out in the heat, and so it's in like a bit of a black kind of water bottle, big massive yeah, water, yeah, and yeah. it just absorbs all the heat from so the sun during the afternoon. Yeah, so you get a, get a nice scalding shower, right? That's it, yeah, and, you, and it's a bush shower, and it works, and you have a, a, I don't want to get too into it, too much information, but you have, if you're lucky, a long drop, which is where the drillers will drill uh, down about two or three meters, and then that's your toilet, or yeah. you just have a latrine area kind of off to the side it depends how remote you are like i've i've done remote work where i've been me myself and the other geologists have been the only human being for about at least 100 200 kilometers in any direction um yeah so you can get pretty remote out there yeah uh, it's beautiful man because when you're out there it's coming from birmingham you don't you never see the stars like you'll see them out in australia like you'll see the milky way from one horizon to the other you see the international space station it's quite like Korea, and Birmingham's quite like Korea in a sense. It's quite smoggy in the in the big cities, but out, right out in the outback of Australia, there's none of that light pollution. So you can see everything. That's wicked. Pretty much, and it's awesome. Yeah. 
so Shandy, what is your like most uncomfortable or worst experience with doing all this kind of thing? You know what I mean? Like being in the outback and all that, you know? I mean, I got busted taking a shit by the, the musterers. <laughs> they were flying over. <laughs> by who? <clears throat> okay, so the cattle musterers, um, they muster the cattle on the stations. So the, 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 the stations are just massive, wide-open areas, like hectares and hectares. And they just let the cattle roam free. And then they muster them with, with planes, so they fly over them. And they kind of corral them into like a, a, a storage area where they take them off the market. And I just got behind. I, I thought I was the only human being, me and the other geo. So I went a respectable distance away from our, our camp and dug my little hole for my, my morning constitutional, essentially. And, uh, and then the plane just flew right over the top of me. And then he turned around and flew back. And they, they, they let you know they see you because they did the little thing. They, they actually tilt the wings from side to side. <laughs> I just stand waving like, "Hey, dude!" Like, yeah, so, <laughs> like, fucking nowhere, and this plane just flies straight over the top of you, and they're not too far above you. They're only like yeah, twenty, thirty meters above. Sometimes they're hundred meters. Above. Busted. <laughs> Busted. Yeah. So what's uh, what's been the best part about living in Australia the last six years? I mean, it's a great place to live. You know, like, you can't beat it. Um, the, it this Perth itself is uh, it's like <laughs> over 300 days of sunshine each year, and uh, the winter it's like 20 degrees, and in the summer it's 40 plus degrees. And um, the beaches are really beautiful. The lifestyle is laid back, man. It's, it's a good place to live. It's expensive. It's really expensive for what it is. I mean, imagine Tokyo prices for everything. That's, how, what it, that's the cost of everything in Perth. Uh, no. But I, I, like, I, I do a job. I, I like teaching English. When I was there, and I'll say it now, like, I, I really enjoy teaching English um, in t- at times. And, um, but I never loved it, you know what I mean? And a lot of it for me was just I felt like I was burning some time. I was looking at the clock all the time. And I, was, I was always inside. And I wanted a job that got me outdoors. Yeah. So I kind of looked at a lot of jobs, man. I looked at a marine biologist and a forensic scientist because that bloody CSI program put me onto it. and <laughs> Uh, yeah, it turns out that the people that collect the evidence aren't the people that interview the guys and do all the. You know, the it's all lab-based work. It was just trading the classroom for the lab sort of thing. So anyway, geology ticked a lot of boxes for me, and I do a job that I really enjoy now, and I'm very happy. All right, so uh, we're going to get into some of your future plans quick, but just before we do that, we're going to do what's coming up in Changwon this coming week. Bang! It's your local events list for Changwon City. Get your ass out the chair, and we'll see you there. Well, this weekend, we've got uh, the 29th. We have Trivia Night at Next Bar, which starts at 10.30, which is a really good laugh. I did one a few times ago. They get really competitive, and depending on who the the people who pick the questions are, uh, can get some really interesting questions going on. So that that should be a fun night that day. uh, Yeah, right? And right after that, on the, the 30th, the next day, we've got the open mic at Next Bar. And that's always a wicked laugh, you know. Everybody goes up there. There's some there's some good talent. There's some great talent in Changwon. That's from 10 p.m. on Saturday to the 30th. Right. And Next Bar also have, uh, I think it's TV Thursdays. I believe last time I said Tuesday, Thursday, which was a mistake. But it's TV yeah. Thursdays. Every, yeah, this week they canceled it. Yeah, this week they can't. <clears throat> right, yeah, past, it's, it's, past it's, week. 
It's been too cold. Uh, Austin, in all fairness, you got a new heater in there. Uh, the place is really cozy. It's nice. But I believe that a lot of people just want to stay home during the cold, uh, the cold times, right? But uh, hopefully that's going to pick up. It's yeah. a pretty cool. It's a pretty cool event, you know. And there's a yeah. there'll be things going on at all the bars, which I'm you know I don't know right now, but usually by every Friday I'll post what's going on everywhere. And yeah, uh, that's right. W- what what went on yesterday, D? Ah, uh, yesterday was a fantastic uh, market in Busan. Uh, but we'd like to say from the Changwon a big shout out to Cat Griffin yep. and her husband Ben Griffin uh, for the very very generous. Uh, offering for the Bitnori Orphanage. They gave all the Tambola prize money uh, to us for them, and we'd just like to say a big thank you to those guys who always put on a great show, but yesterday they did uh, a Harry Potter-themed Busan Market, which was fantastic. So they added the fourth bar. The four bars were involved, and we had a nice group from Changwon that came up as well to check it out. So it was a really good time. Yeah, it was good fun. It was great, you know. All right, so... Shanley, you still there? Yep. Yeah. So uh, you've been six years in Australia. What, what What's some of your future plans, or what do you plan on doing in 2016? Uh, I actually got some pretty good news. I've, I've got um, a new job starting next month, so I'll be working just for a slightly bigger company than what I'm doing now, and, and they've got a few mines all over the world, and Pretty much my intention at some point is to return to South America and, and be a geologist there, sort of thing. So I was teaching English there for Afro-Lent career the first time. And, um, yeah, it's just always been a dream to get back over there, just to be in a Spanish-speaking country and, and um, get paid. Because, <laughs> you know, you're a teacher in South America, you don't get paid anything. Is this a, so, an Australian company? Uh, no, they're South African, but they're, they're based in Australia. They're called Goldfields. But um, they're... Probably it depends on who you talk to. They're quite big. They're, they're in the, the big leagues of, of um, uh, gold production. Gold production. I was really lucky to get a job with them. Uh, but they've got mine. They've got a mine in, in Peru. So eventually, I want to try and migrate over there. Now, Shandy, this was the same job that you were talking to me about uh, a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You, you passed the medical, right? Yeah, yeah. No problem. Yeah, yeah. That was sweet. <laughs> That's the thing here. Like they, um, yeah, they, 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 it was quite a long process, and uh, but finally, yeah, about two or three days ago, got the medical results, and that's all good. So I got the offer, the job, signed the contract. That's all good. Nice, then. mate. Congrats, mate. That's great. Yeah, that's great news. Yeah, well done, man. Yeah, dude. And also, quickly, I just want to give you a, a happy birthday once again. Your birthday oh, was yesterday, you. yes. Thanks. Uh, yeah, it was yesterday, so. Oh, oh man, happy birthday! Dude, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, I was gonna do that on the shutouts, but anyway, so you're another year older, still there. He's he's, he's gone. He's gone. Shandy's Uh-oh. gone. We, we lost we, him. Let's let's assume he had a good uh, birthday. I would say he did. I had no idea it was his birthday. He'd be back soon, right? He probably yeah. hung up when you said, "Oh, I had no idea." screw you guys (laughs) oh jesus christ yeah he'd be back i'd say he'd be back you know what i mean yeah yeah i guess they can uh just add jump back in there right i hope so yeah 
It's uh, what do you guys think about that? You know, you, you, uh, this kind of lifestyle, like the boys, they're in Australia. They do like two weeks on, two weeks off, that kind of stuff. You know, like they're on mines or on the, on the oil rigs or whatever it is. Uh, you know, do you think that's a good thing or what? Uh, for myself, uh, no. <clears throat> I don't know. I I uh, I I like having two weeks off, but I don't like working two weeks straight either. Yeah. So it. I don't know. I'm. To have a balance, I think, would be good, but I couldn't imagine, like, some of the times, some, some of those jobs, like those guys that work on the oil rigs, they, they work six months on, six months off. I think I'd go a bit crazy either way. All right, so it seems like we lost Shanley there via, via Skype, but uh, that happens. I imagine the internet connection is not the same as it is here in Korea, so. Yeah, right. yeah. Korea's lightning fast, right? That's the thing. Like it is the home of the internet. It's light. Right. Yeah. And like more people here have internet, like high speed internet than I think any country in the world. I think ninety nine percent of the people here have high speed internet. Now that you're saying that it's getting choppy, of course. Which is, which is <laughs> <us>. <laughs> it's all good, man. Shanley, what a legend, right? Yeah. Good dude. Known him for years. I hope he can come back on here at some point in the future. Because he's got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I guess we'll just wrap things up then. And, uh, Paul, people can get in touch with you either on Facebook or Paul. Hotmail. Hotmail. Paul underscore Roberts one at hotmail.com. Mm. You know, my dad, actually, my dad, my dad saw that I've been using this. This is a funny story. He saw that I've been using Hotmail on his computer and he took me aside one day, and he's like, ah, uh, son, he's like, uh, you know, this is a works computer. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, so, you know, you've been on a website called Hotmail. He's like, I can only assume that that's porno. He's like, <laughs> he's like, don't do it, son. I'm like, dad, that is my email. It's called Hotmail. But in all fairness, who could blame him? It's Hotmail. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Oh Jesus! Does that mean you're looking at some some porno male pictures? Yeah, right. <laughs> some pictures of like male men and their, or I'm sorry, male women. <laughs> yeah, come on, dude. Well, what are you into? Jesus! Hey, we were just talking before. No, no, no. About how someone having a coming out party. What? Who's that? Oh, whoa, whoa! Anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> I think so that was. It's been a pleasure, boys, always. Yeah, and do people get in touch with you by what? D at changwander.com or, yep, D at changwander.com. And I'm same. I'm at Scott at changwander.com. Thanks for listening again. And, yeah, it was a... We are going to brave the cold and go for dinner now. So, see ya! Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Changwana Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.